0: The first down to the 40, he's gone. The 35, the 30, the 20. He's gone, he's gone. Washington, Washington. what's good? This is the Big Ben podcast. I am your host, Detton Day, at Denton underscore day on Twitter to follow me. We got some things to talk about this week. And unfortunately. Very few of those things are going to be good. The only good thing we can talk about is Terry McLaurin. He's still awesome. And I think he's going to play this week. So there's your good thing. We'll just get that out of the way right there. That's the good thing. Terry McLaurin, today is Wednesday. Terry McLaurin practiced. That's a plus. That's about all the positives we're going to be talking about. I'm just mentally preparing you now. You see the title of this podcast. Jay the Defeated. I watched Game of Thrones. So imagine that as like a Game of Thrones type of nickname. Jay the Defeated, because Jay Gruden is the most defeated man probably in the entire NFL. He just is. I mean, the Dolphins are pretty defeated over there. But at least they're trying to be defeated. We are technically not supposed to be trying to be defeated. Although I think we are. I think Jay wants to get out of here. But I got some heat from that last week. Some people said, you know, I don't know if he's actually coaching to lose. Just wait. We, we might have some we might have some samples of information this week that suggest that, no, yeah, Jake Gruden, is, he is coaching to lose. If this is your first time listening, subscribe to the Hogshaven podcast feed on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Join the community of hogshaven.com. You can connect with me over there. I'm there a lot. There's tons of great minds over there. Not a lot of happy thoughts going on now, but when you're 0-4 and just lost to the Giants and managed to put up three points, against a decent, at-best defense, you don't have a whole lot of things to be happy about. And that gets worse when you look at the team you're facing this week, and it's the New England Patriots, who are arguably the best team in the NFL. We are set up for an absolute train wreck. We we just are. We are now the next team that is... I don't know what the the line is for the game right now. I know it opened up at about 16.5 is what I saw, which was surprisingly low. And do you know how bad of a situation we have to be in for a 16-and-a-half point line to be low? I mean, we are now the Dolphins. We have that game coming up in two weeks. I I have a friend who is a Dolphins fan. Don't know how he's a Dolphins fan, but he's a Dolphins fan. And he joked with me throughout the first two weeks of the NFL like, oh, ha, 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 when we play you guys, uh, it's going to be battle of the losers. And I was like, yeah, dude, no, it's not. You guys are tanking. We're not. We're going to be fine. That game is in two weeks. I am exceptionally nervous for that. I'm exceptionally nervous. This is not a, a podcast where we're going to break down and preview the game against the Patriots because I'm not going to make you sit through that. It's going to be bad. It's going to be a terrible game. We are not ready for the Patriots. They're going to steamroll us. I am petrified of what I'm going to see on Sunday. I Generally, I look forward to football games. I'm not looking forward to this football game. I'm going to watch it, but I'm not looking forward to it. They're going to crush us. But Bill Belichick is kind of doing his due diligence a little bit. You know, Bill Belichick and the Patriots, it's the Patriots' way. They don't give bulletin board material. So, Bill Belichick was asked about the quarterback situation. He's been asked about it really all week because we don't yet have a starting quarterback right now for this weekend. And here's his most recent comments that he said uh, I think he said this today on Wednesday. Here's the most recent comments about the Redskins' quarterback situation. I mean, McCoy, you know, McCoy's run the offense, he's been there for six years, so. I think we kind of know what that is. Um, you know, Keenum's running the offense this year, so I think we've seen a lot of him. Haskins you know, played in preseason, played a little bit, uh, I don't know, came in the second quarter, played second half last week. Uh, so would they do something different with him if he was the quarterback? Uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not sure what you know, FSJ what he's going to do with him. I don't know. You catch the tail end of that where he says, I don't know, you're going to have to ask Jay. Well, let's do that. You know what? Let's do that. Jay, wh- what are we doing with a quarterback situation this week? <laughs> Word. Obviously, that's not a direct quote from Jay Gruden. He doesn't make cricket noises because he's a human. But I would have much rather his human-ass face made cricket noises rather than actually answering the question because his actual answer to the question was, When asked, what is the plan for the quarterback position on Sunday? His actual answer was, we do not have one. It is Wednesday. We are playing the New England Patriots on Sunday. And we do not have a plan for the quarterback position. And I was made fun of last week for saying he's not actually coaching to lose. You don't have any proof. If you want proof that Jay Gruden is coaching to lose football games and coaching to no longer be here... Just watch a press conference. When he gives answers like this, when you see his body language, that man is defeated. He has been beat down in his time in Washington. And as much as I don't like Jay Gruden, it's not 100% his fault. We got some. We got two guys with a little bit more power in this organization that just suck. So they, get, they need some sort of blame, but right now Jay Gruden is defeated. The two guys with more power are just leaving him out there to dry... They are not coming to his aid at all. He, I'm sure, is questioning, why did I resign this contract to come back here? I'm sure he's also questioning, just like uh, many of us are, why did they give him a contract to resign to come back here? But that's what we're doing right now with Jay Gruden. He just doesn't have a plan for what he's going to do on Sunday. He's like an indecisive drunk dude looking for food. He has three options right here, and he just can't wrap his drunk mind around which option is going to be the best to satisfy his hunger this week. You got Case Keenum, who's in a walking boot at practice. That's not a good sign. You have Colt McCoy, who is recovering from a broken leg. Has not played in the preseason, has not played this season, but he knows the offense, so that's an option. And then you have Dwayne Haskins, who Jay just seems to have this vendetta with. I don't understand the reasoning behind it. I know, or at least I've heard, that Jay wasn't a big Dwayne Haskins guy, and he's seemingly carrying that over because he doesn't seem to like Dwayne Haskins that much, and that's another option. So now Jay is just sitting there in the aisle looking at all these options and thinking, what do I want to do? And on Wednesday, we just don't know. I'm scared. I'm scared that this is not going to be a decision that is made until Sunday. Which is not the right time to choose a quarterback when you're playing the New England Patriots. That's just not the time to do it. He already nearly lost the locker room with the whole Adrian Peterson situation. It is not getting better right now. Like It seems like this season is just snowballing from that situation. He benched Adrian Peterson. Then guys got hurt. Had to bring him back. He doesn't seem to want Dwayne Haskins to be successful. It seemed like last week he put Dwayne Haskins in that football game because the organization wanted him to put Dwayne Haskins in that football game. Maybe I'm reading a little bit too deep in between the lines, but I don't think that I am. I don't think Jay Gruden really wanted Dwayne Haskins to be in that situation, and I don't think that he... I think he knew that Dwayne Haskins probably wasn't going to succeed in that situation. But hey, ownership said they want to see the guy. Here's your guy. He scored three points against the Giants. What's good, Dan Snyder? I'm still on the train that believes Dwayne Haskins is the guy for the future, at least when I look at this roster. Of the three guys we have on this roster, Dwayne Haskins is the guy. Case Keenum is a perfectly average quarterback, maybe on the lower side of average. Colt McCoy is a backup. That just is what he is. He knows the offense very well, but he is a backup quarterback. Dwayne Haskins has the highest ceiling, but Jay Gruden doesn't seem to want him. And now it's more than just us. Like, we have been kind of screaming about this as local guys for a while, but now the national guys are picking this up. Louis Riddick said he thinks Jay Gruden is setting Dwayne Haskins up to fail. I got a side question, Louis. Uh, What do you do in next football season? Can you get out of that ESPN contract because if the fateful day comes where Bruce Allen is no longer in charge, I would love for a football minded Lewis Riddick to take over. Is he the absolute number one best option in the world? He might not be, but I damn sure know that he is a better option than Bruce Allen. Without a shadow of the doubt, I would rather have Lewis Riddick running this football team over Bruce Allen. So, Lewis, what you doing? What's good? How you living over there? They paying you well? Come back we'd love to have you. But now other people are noticing. And it wasn't fair to Dwayne Haskins in that game against the Giants. I don't think it's going to be fair until he gets to play with Terry McLaurin. Scary Terry, the lone positive of this team. He didn't play last week against the Giants. Obviously, those two guys have some built-in chemistry. They are friends. They played in college together. That's a huge benefit. Now, we didn't draft Terry solely because we drafted Dwayne Haskins, although it sure seems like we we found a diamond in the rough in Terry McLaurin. I thought he was going to be good. I did not know he was going to be this good. That dude is a hell of a route runner. I didn't watch him a lot at Ohio State because Ohio State is like 18,000 wide receivers. I mean, that's how college works. Some of these college teams have about 18,000 wide receivers. So I didn't see him a lot at Ohio State, but we got a diamond in the rough with that kid. I would love to see him play with Dwayne Haskins And just see what they can do. But there's no doubt. Like Dwayne Haskins missed some throws last week. Case Keenum missed some throws last week. Obviously you want that to get better. And I'm not saying Dwayne Haskins is the chosen one. That's going to lead us to the promised land. Right this very instant. But I think of the guys on this roster. He has the best opportunity to do so. It just so happens that the coach doesn't seem to want him to be the guy. To do it. Which is painful. But at a certain point. If that is the case, and if you are putting your eggs in the basket of Dwayne Haskins, and the coach doesn't want him to succeed, you find a new coach. It is pretty simple. Jay Gruden's had his time here. It's time to get lost. That I, mean, I, I was going to say generally, like, like, we liked you when you were here, but I don't even know if we really liked him while he was here. He had like a, a season or two where we're like, hey, you know, Jay. And he had some moments in the offseason where he makes some funny comments. It's like, oh, haha. Ha. Jolly Jay over here, jokester. How's that for some alliteration? But he didn't live up to it, so like, all right, Jay, like, this has been fun, but get the hell out of here. Go, go join the Raiders or go join literally anywhere else that's not here. We just don't really need this right now. You're the quarterback whisperer that is whispered to only Colt McCoy. Get out. But I saw something interesting on the Internet today. Vegas has kind of jumped in on this fun parade. And they now have odds for some guys to replace Jay Gruden when he eventually does get fired. Because at this point, we should all be in agreement. Like, Jay Gruden is not coming back next season. I don't know how far he's going to make it to this season, but he is absolutely not coming back this season. I have yet to find anyone on the internet. The internet's a scary place. I have yet to find anyone that's like, you know what? I actually think we should give Jay one more chance. That person does not exist. So he's not coming back. We have a few options, according to Vegas at least, of some guys that could replace him. And I would just like to warn you, this is a frightening list. J.P. Finley of uh, NBC Sports Washington tweeted this list out. So this is where I saw that if you want to actually have it pulled up in front of your face, uh, that, that would be where you find it. So the number one guy, the best odds to be the new Redskins head coach when Jay Gruden is done, is a local guy, hometown kid, Byron Leftwich, plus two fifty on the odds. Obviously, he has the ties to DC. Local guy played quarterback in the NFL at a pretty good level. Had some had some success in Jacksonville as well, some other places, but mostly in Jacksonville had some success. This would not be a great hire, though. Like, just we got the, we got the fun stuff about him out. This would not be a good hire. He's been an offensive coordinator for two years. He's not ready to be head coach yet. One of the years, he was an offensive coordinator with Arizona, and that team was a complete mess, but the offense was also a complete mess. He's now with Tampa, working with Jameis Winston under Bruce Arians. If we're we're serious about Byron Leftwich at any point, let him continue to work under Bruce Arians for like another two or three years. Now, I'm not saying we're—I mean, hopefully, if if we do this head coaching situation right— we aren't going to be looking again or two in two or three years, but you don't just hire a dude that's been an offensive coordinator for two years as your head coach. That is terrible decision making. Granted, this franchise likes to make bad decisions, but that would that would might top it. That's like hiring Jim Zorn as an offensive coordinator and then just promoting him because you couldn't find anybody else. The local twist would be nice, but Byron Leftwich is not ready to be a head coach in this league yet. Stay away. Number two, plus 275, is Mike McCarthy. Got a nice Super Bowl ring with his time in Green Bay. All of his years as a head coach of come in Green Bay. Uh, a total record, including the playoffs, 135, 85, and two. He did happen to have the, the this quarterback, you may have heard of him, Aaron Rodgers, that uh, I'm sure helped him out a little bit. And he was kicked out of Green Bay essentially because Aaron Rodgers thought that his his offense that he ran was not modern enough. It was prehistoric, and it did not work. So maybe not the greatest guy to bring in. If, the, if his prehistoric offense didn't work for Aaron Rodgers, maybe don't bring it in and place it on a young quarterback on his shoulders. I like that he has a Super Bowl ring, and it would be nice to have somebody with that sort of experience. But he would have to have some sort of drastic change in the offense that he runs if we are if we were going to seriously consider having McCarthy here. Like the Jets did not want Mike McCarthy. We, we don't really need to stoop that low. I mean, that just is what it is. He only would have taken a job with the Jets, and the Jets said, we're going to go with googly eyes Adam Gates instead. Like, we, we don't really need to jump on here. He's not the worst option on this list, but he's certainly not the best option on this list. Next, at plus 425, you got Jim Caldwell, 64 and 54 career with Indianapolis and at Detroit. He did coach with a guy named Peyton Manning in Indianapolis. Maybe you heard of him. He's pretty darn good. I think they actually went to a Super Bowl together, which they lost. This isn't exactly a splash hire. Like when I think of Jim Caldwell on the sidelines with the Redskins, it's not a positive thought. It's like, ah, yep. There's our coach over there, Jim Caldwell. Huh. Not positive. This isn't a big enough splash. Because if we're doing this, we if we if we are hiring a new coach, we you got to do it right. You got to do it big. You need to make some sort of a real splash. And Jim Caldwell is not the guy. That well might be dried up for him uh, as a coach, as a head coach. Some guys are just better coordinators. It's not a terrible thing to be a really good coordinator in the NFL. And maybe that's Jim Caldwell. Speaking of really good coordinators in the NFL, right behind Jim Caldwell at plus five hundred is Ken Wisenhut. With a very impressive 48-71 and 71 record as a head coach. I, for the life of me, like Jim Caldwell was a guy that was better as a, as a coordinator. For the life of me, I cannot understand why Ken Wisenhut's name continues to be brought up in these conversations. He has been in multiple places and it did not work in either place as a head coach. Why the hell would it work here? Like, What is the thought process behind bringing Ken Wisenhut in to be the head football coach of the Redskins based on his track record in Arizona and in Tennessee. It's just not the way to do it. It just, I mean, it really isn't. He's a good offensive mind. If you want to bring him in as an offensive coordinator, offensive assistant, cool. We don't need to give this dude another opportunity at head coach. He's had his opportunities. Go with someone else. Make a bigger splash than Ken Wisenhut. That's a bad move. A familiar last name then appears. Plus 600, Brian Schottenheimer, son of Marty Schottenheimer. Never been a head coach. 13 years as an offensive coordinator. In those 13 years, his offense has cracked top 10 in total yards, or in yardage, three times. So he has been a fine offensive coordinator, a fine, fine guy to have with some quarterbacks. The way that this should work, if you're hiring a coordinator to be your head coach, you don't aim for fine. You aim for really damn good. And that is not Brian Schottenheimer. Plus, you know, there's that family dynamic. I don't know if the Schottenheimers are the biggest fans of the ownership group here. But you don't get a fine offensive coordinator who's been an offensive coordinator for 13. Like, it's just, that's a losing situation right there. We can do better, I would hope, at least. That, that's that's bad. Avoid at, at all costs. Yeah, we don't need Schottenheimer here. Next, at plus 800, this is second to last year, so we got one more after this, Josh McDaniels, who quite literally ghosted the Colts two years ago. Like, Are we just going to pretend that that didn't happen? Because we know that it did. It was a huge deal when he did it. And what on earth would make anyone in this organization think if he did that to the Colts? who had Andrew Luck, like the Colts were a good job. I'm happy Frank Wright got that job, but the Colts were a good job to have open, and Josh McDaniels ghosted them. Why on earth would he leave Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, where he is basically the heir to the throne in New England, why would he leave that to come here? Like We have to be realistic about this situation. here. That would not happen. It's not going to happen. We shouldn't even take the time out of our day to interview the man. Because the worst thing that we want is to get caught up in the hype of Josh McDaniels, fall in love with him, and then for him to ghost us. This organization is already dysfunctional. We don't need that added element to it. We just don't. So stay away from Josh McDaniels. And then last but but not least, at least on this list, this is probably the best of the options. Eric I I don't know if I pronounced that last name right, but he is the offensive coordinator in Kansas City. This is probably the guy that you would have your eye on especially if we want to go with this offensive route, if we want to truly invest in Dwayne Haskins, assuming he is going to be the guy, unless we decide to be the Arizona Cardinals 2.0 and draft another quarterback high in the first round, I would prefer that we don't do that. But if we want to invest in the offense, this is probably the guy to do it because that Kansas City offense is groundbreakingly good. And of course, some of that is because Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, But, I mean, you have to give a little bit of credit to to the coordinator for developing Mahomes into the guy that he is, and Andy Reid gets some credit for that as well. There's a lot of people that get credit for what Patrick Mahomes is, but I would love for him to come give it a try here. See what you can do with Dwayne Haskins. Utilize his strengths to the best of your ability and get this offense moving in a direction that is positive because Lord knows we need some of that. I would say he is the best option. I would be stunned. Uh, if he decides to leave Kansas City for this job. But hey, I mean, some guys really want to be a head coach. Uh, Come over here. Trust me, we would love to have you. I'm going to assume that this list was just guys that are in the NFL because the two names that I would expect to be on this list from the college ranks are Lincoln Riley, who would be my choice, and Ryan Day from Ohio State. Day, well, he does have a great last name, I'm a little shaky on because I haven't seen him enough with Ohio State. And the Buckeyes are a good team right now, but they also haven't played anybody. I'd like to see a little bit more longevity from him uh, as, a, as a head coach at the college level. But with Lincoln Riley, we know exactly what Lincoln Riley is, and he is very good with quarterbacks. I'm going to avoid saying he's a quarterback whisperer because we kind of call Jay Gruden that. And now it has a negative connotation in my brain. But Lincoln Riley has proved time and time again, three times to be exact, in consecutive years that he is capable of designing an offense that fits a quarterback extremely well and utilizes their strengths to the best of their advantage and can put up a lot of points. And I know the college game is different from the NFL, but I would love to have him come try that with Dwayne Haskins. Because if we do hire Lincoln Riley, if Jay Gruden got six years here, at the very least Lincoln Riley gets at least three and three years developing an offense specifically for whoever it is that we have on our center is something that is exciting. It's something that I feel like this city needs, this football team needs, and this organization needs. The problem with Lincoln Riley is he coaches in Oklahoma. He is a very good coach in Oklahoma. More or less, he is essentially a god down there. They love their college football down there. He is the guy. It would be very difficult to convince him to leave that situation there and come here where he's going to be in an organization that meddles just a little bit too much with the operations. That's a tough thing to sell for a guy who has had a lot of success somewhere else at a different level where he is essentially in charge. He is running the whole operation down there in Oklahoma. I, I don't know if we would have enough to, to get him here. You would, the, the check would have to be huge. I mean, we're talking like John Gruden type, t- like $10 million a year type check to get him to come up here. And I just don't know if that's plausible. It would be great if it was, but I just don't know if it is. So those are just some brief thoughts on everything going around uh, with the Redskins. I'd love to know your thoughts. Tweet at me at Denton underscore Day. Or if you're on uh let me know what you think in the comments section below. I am not at all excited for this game, although I will be doing some form of live tweeting. So if you want to follow along there, like I said, at Denton underscore day. Not looking forward to it. It's probably going to be very, very bad. But, hey, we are fans of this team, and we will uh, we will ride the ship until it sinks further than it already has. All right, that's it for me. I'll see you guys next time on the Pigpen Podcast.